0: Hello, I'm Marit Sneiman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others, introducing you to a wide range of wellness professionals ready to inform and inspire. Today's topic is Managing Menopause, How to Regulate Your Nervous System. My guest is Therapeutic Counselor, Nidhi Amanda Chato from Hookville in the Cape Province. Welcome back to the show, Nidhi.
1: Thank you, Mariette. And uh, it's lovely to be here. And thank you for welcoming me.
0: And to our listeners, after our conversation, Nidhi will give us her three tips on finding molecules of joy in your day. And then it will be fun question time. Neddy, you describe yourself as a life, grief, and death doula. Could you explain what this means?
1: Sure, with pleasure. So a doula is um comes from the Greek word and it means woman who serves. And I believe that the the, the process of being a doula, just like a birth doula, is facilitating a transition. It's facilitating something moving from one place to the other. And when in life, when we're going through trials and tribulations, we need guidance to help us to move through those processes and transitions and changes that come with life, with grief, and with death.
0: Yes and we've also recorded other episodes where amongst other things you speak about your journey of grief after you lost your dearly beloved. So I'd like to say that I know you as someone who talks about what you have lived through and about the things that have helped you face uh, many challenges.
1: Yes very much so and as I move through my own menopause and post menopause stage and my grieving journey it gives me more in-depth wisdom to walk with my clients on their healing journey and um because it's, it creates deeper empathy when one has experienced something oneself to then help and guide others through that journey
0: exactly Regarding menopause, you and I both feel that it's a topic which is overlooked in our society. And many women feel they negotiate this huge transition on their own. What is your view on this?
1: To begin with, I'd just like to share a quote by an amazing um, writer and teacher called Sharon Blakey. And she says this, menopause is not a medical condition. It's an earthquake, <laughs> taking us to our deepest foundations, wiping out the edifices we so carefully constructed on what we once imagined to be solid ground of our life. So menopause scientifically is a natural decline in our reproductive hormones, and it happens normally in our 40s and 50s, and g- usually signaled around 12 months since our last menstruation. But it's more than that. And throughout history, women who are post-fertile have been celebrated and revered because the change in hormones, they shift out of their mothering phase into a phase of being a goddess, where they are more in tune with their own needs, their creativity and their spirituality. And it's finding a way to celebrate that that shifts us from believing the conditioning, that it's a medical condition and that we become redundant because we're not uh, reproductive.
0: You put that so beautifully. And I couldn't help giggling at the idea of the earthquake because it can catch one very unawares, Mm -hmm. especially because often we don't talk about it or we don't have role models who will talk about it.
1: You know, the thing is, Mariette, so many women, because of the age, the concept of aging and the fear of aging and the fear of becoming redundant and useless and um, having nothing to offer, we go into a lot of fear around this and it becomes this huge thing that we'll reach one day. And I think what happens is suddenly we reach it and suddenly we start going through these hormonal changes that... We have no control over. Um, We get, you know, hair in different places. We lose hair. Our moods change. We can get angry and and rage because we've spent so much time holding back, you know, taking care of of others, putting others before ourselves. And this change happens, and it isn't kind of an earthquake. It's a kind of shift in our consciousness and reality of, how we, how we thought it was going to be, or having to face a part of ourselves that we didn't, we thought it would come one day, but suddenly here it is.
0: Mm. You've touched on some challenges, Nidhi. Would you like to talk about more challenges that come with menopause?
1: Sure. So, physiologically, the changes happen in our hormones, which impact our mental health, our physical health. emotional health and our our spiritual health, you know, our sort of belief and sense of belonging. So some of the menopausal symptoms can include anger and irritability, anxiety, forgetfulness, loss of self-esteem, loss of confidence, low mood, feelings of sadness and depression, poor concentration, which is sometimes called brain fog. And also grief, deep grief for, for the losses of our, our role, our status, of feeling useful. And there's a often a low-lying grief that um, sits underneath this, that when we choose to look at it and understand it and work with it and heal ourselves, it can bring us a lot of wisdom and understanding as to how to how to manage and navigate this next phase of our lives.
0: That grief that you're talking about, does that have to do with a transition? In other words, you lose something, but you don't yet know what you're going to gain.
1: Absolutely. And and sometimes with menopause, it feels like there aren't gains. Because Mm. I'll just give you an example of myself, is that my hair started to thin. And it, this is something that can happen to some women during menopause. And it got so thin that um, no matter what I do, I've had to learn to come to an acceptance of that. And there's a grief layer to that. Mm. There's a grief of, of losing your, you know, our hair is very much our sensuality. It's, it's like our mane as, mm. as you know, and in, in how we can change our hairstyles and And so, you know, there's a grief aspect to that loss. And sometimes it's not easy to see the gain, but for me the gain is coming to acceptance, coming to say, okay, so this is what's going on. How can I still live a beautiful life and and find meaning in the things that are changing and the transitions? And because it's such a hormonal um hormonal change. And so interestingly enough, I've done quite a lot of research that we go through heat with menopause, but we go through heat during our puberty and we go through heat during pregnancy. So hormonal shifts in our body are often triggered or communicated to us by heat. So if we can look at that as a sign or an indication of a deeper understanding of learning more about what our body's telling us, then we can approach the changes with more wisdom and look more inside and find ways to support ourselves and care for ourselves because of the changes that are happening. Instead of outsourcing and looking always outside to find that feeling of uh, accomplishment or recognition, because it, there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, and not a lot of honoring of the aging. Um, so a lot of the, the loss and grief comes from the change in our appearance, in the fact that you know we get wrinkles and our skin sags and our breasts move down and we, we lose the elasticity in our skin. And there's a deeper acceptance that's required for, for us with the changes that are happening.
0: Mm. Nidhi, why is self-care so important?
1: So, you know, self-care for me is the most important thing in every aspect of life from when we're little. But in our time of menopause, things stop being the way we want them to be and our confidence shifts. And we can experience feelings of failure or constriction. And our thinking and perception of our bodies knowing changes. So when we can relax into that acceptance of these changes and spend more time tuning in and going deeper into the understanding of what's happening, instead of outsourcing our care to resources that aren't aware of our body wisdom, then self-care is the essence of, of all of this. It's, it's, it's where, we, where we tune into ourselves and listen and understand what's going on. That's, that's the intrinsic self-care. And we have a choice of how to experience ourselves during post-menopause. And we can choose to be a wise woman and embrace our passions and creativity and channel our power into our own growth. Or we can choose to become a like a dried prune, which is how often in the media the the perception of menopause and the change is seen. And it was at one time, and it's not so long ago, seen as an illness, seen as something that needed to be replaced, fixed, etc. And yet, it's a it's a natural part of life. It's part of the the process of aging. So we have this choice of how to experience ourselves during and post-menopause. And we create our own self-care. And when we can care and honor what our bodies are asking of us and telling us, then we can tune into our innate wisdom and show up authentically and then lead by example and show others the power of these life changes. So, you know, these, this care, is, it's, it's an attitude. It's an acceptance that this is a rite of passage that we go through, that all women go through it, and that when we choose to, to do it in a way that's conscious and kind and gentle, then we are lovingly caring for ourselves and supporting ourselves while we go through these changes.
0: Thank you. Those are powerful words. Mm. (laughs) Today we're focusing on how to regulate your nervous system. What does this mean?
1: Okay, so just to remind everyone that the nervous system consists of two parts, the, the sympathetic nervous system, which controls our fight, flight, or freeze responses. And this is the the part that prepares us for physical activity and accelerates our stress responses in our menopause transition time. And then there's the parasympathetic nervous system, which is about rest and digest, where we apply the brakes and we give ourselves space to rest and recover. And this is where we feel safe. So when we regulate our nervous system, we come into balance and we feel calm and then our capacity to deal with life and its challenges and the many changes that we are experiencing in our body, in our emotions, in our spiritual life, and in how we're responding shifts during the menopausal changes. So, The more we can learn how to simply balance and regulate our nervous system and understand ourselves that when we start going into that fight or flight or freeze response, when we feel out of control, that we can come back into a more calm and balanced state. Then we can deal with whatever's happening externally and internally in a different way.
0: So let's discuss various ways in which one can regulate one's nervous system. Could you perhaps mention them before we discuss them?
1: Okay, so um, there's five that I'm, I'm focusing on. And before I say that, I just want to say that sleep and rest are the most important aspects of regulating your nervous system in menopause. And one of the biggest things is sleep. Sleep is something that starts to not be so easy when we go through menopause. And many, many women complain of the fact that they don't sleep and that sometimes we need to get up two or three times at night and we struggle to go back to sleep. So that's a very integral part of, of that. But we need to do things to help us be in a more relaxed, calm state so that we can sleep well. So the first is to breathe. The second is to practice mindfulness or meditation. The third is gentle walks or sitting in nature. The fourth is eating mindfully and consciously. And the fifth is to slow down and listen. So I'm going to get into each one a little bit deeper. So as I said, that to sleep and to rest helps us to feel calm and relaxed. And these simple tools that I'm going to share with you are part of that process of bringing us into calmness. So a beautiful breathing technique to help to regulate your nervous system is to breathe in, say for the four, and to lengthen the exhale. When we breathe in deeply, it doesn't always calm us down. But when we breathe out longer, where our exhale is longer, this starts to help us to control and calm that fight, flight, or freeze response. And that exhale is linked to the parasympathetic nervous system. So it influences the body's ability to relax and calm. So the breathing in is our sympathetic nervous system and the breathing out is our parasympathetic nervous system. So... You can try that with counting. So you can say, breathe in for four, breathe out for six. And just doing that a few times, you'll start to feel that as you breathe out and extend your exhale, so you feel a calmness coming. The second one is using focused daydreaming or mindfulness or meditation practices. So often if we let our mind wander, we don't fixate on things, it helps to soothe worries and it shifts the thought to become more positive and that brings us into a calmer state and mindfulness practices or meditation practices don't have to be long periods of time where we require to sit it can be short moments of just focusing and becoming present breathing deep into our body and allowing ourselves to relax and that just helps us to Shift our nervous system into more calmness.
0: Niddy, I've never thought about daydreaming as a mindfulness technique. How exactly do you do it so that you don't spiral off into worrying?
1: So, again, when you know, if you allow yourself to daydream, just like which is a mindfulness practice, the minute you start to feel yourself getting into a the sympathetic aspect of your nervous system starts to move faster or, or engaged and your mind starts to do that monkey mind thing of, of overthinking something or fixating on an idea or starting to think about your shopping. When you catch that, when you find yourself doing that, it's just to gently bring yourself back into that daydreaming state, mm. not to go into panic or think, oh my goodness, I'm doing this wrong. It's just to shift gently and that's a self-care practice of just shifting okay there I go come back into the present, and it's, it's very gentle and there's no right or wrong and I think that's the important thing that there's no you know you don't have to perfect anything or do anything you just need to do it and when you catch yourself out of that place of presence or you start going into angst or feeling a little bit anxious because your mind's too busy, just bring it back to the present moment. Um, A beautiful technique is look up. Sometimes just look and you'll notice a flower or a bird or a butterfly, and that just helps you to come back into the now, come back into the present. Thank you. Okay. The next is to take gentle walks or just sit in nature. So the electromagnetic energy of the earth is healing and it brings us into calmness and balance. And when we connect with the elements like the air, the wind or the water, oceans, rivers, lakes, sometimes even having a water feature, the fire, which is the sunshine and the warmth, and the earth, which is a ground or mountains or trees or flowers, all of these bring us into presence and it connects you with your spiritual self and it brings you to connection with the earth and that electromagnetic energy is healing. It helps to, it helps blood pressure, it helps heart rates, it helps inflammation. So just being in nature, if it's difficult to walk to just even sit in nature and just allow yourself to experience the, the beautiful elements and the, the positive vibrations of nature definitely brings us into calmness and more peace and we know that the sun when you're in the light of the sun and the warmth of the sun it definitely helps you to feel better to feel more positive to feel calmer and it's deeply healing for for our bodies and our souls the next is to eat mindfully and consciously so what's really important is to listen to the wisdom of your body with what you eat and to bless the water that you drink. And when we do things intentionally, that we bless the food and we bless the water and we intentionally nourish ourselves, we bring ourselves into a place of support. And as you are going through many changes, you start to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So limiting stimulants, Because stimulants override your nervous system. Limiting stimulants, choosing wisely what works for your digestive system and what makes you feel lighter, more present. Trusting yourself and trusting your your decisions, that's part of helping to regulate your nervous system. It's like really listening to your body and tuning into the wisdom of your body because you know yourself best and you know what feels right for you. Also, mindfully, so doing things mindfully, doing things with intention, with care, just like when we have little babies, we feed them with so much love and care because we want them to be nourished. We can do that to ourselves, and that really helps to bring us into calmness. And we digest our food better when we are mindful and conscious of how, of how we consume. Um, I just want to bring in here that we also cons- we know that consuming is not only in the food that we eat and what we drink, but also in what we see and what we listen to and how we interact in the world. And all of that intentional conscious way of being definitely brings us into calmness and it brings us into more peace within ourselves. And that helps to regulate our nervous system and bring us into balance. And the fifth one, which I use so much in my practice with my clients, is to slow down and listen. And one of the things about aging and menopause is that we need to slow down. We don't have the same energy capacity that we had when we were 20 or 30. So it it gives us time to connect with ourselves and space to, to listen to our bodies. listen to our minds and to our hearts and this opens up a deep communication and a beautiful relationship with the self and when we are in that place of slowing down and listening we can really serve ourselves by giving ourselves what we need but we can only do that when we slow down and listen so that we can hear the whisperings of our body
0: Thank you for these ways that you've illuminated because they are practical, but they also have a very uh, deep feel about them.
1: Yeah, and I think what's important is to keep it simple. There's so much information out there, but sometimes it's, it's the simple basic things that we need to just take care of that help us to just cope day by day. But it doesn't need to be complicated or sophisticated. It just needs to be simple. So then it keeps us in that beautiful balanced state. It's a state of integration and equilibrium.
0: Just a quick explanation of what I do. I'm a content entrepreneur creating podcasts and articles for my own platform and for various magazines and digital platforms. My website contains a growing collection of podcast episodes and articles on emotional health, parenting, love relationships, and the life challenges we all face. Each episode or article showcases a therapist, coach, or other wellness professional so you can get to know them and easily find an expert who will resonate with you should you need one. So far, I've interviewed 100 well-being providers from many countries. After all, online therapy and coaching means we can connect across continents. If you love getting a glimpse of the person behind the professional, click on Up Close and Personal on my website for articles on many of the experts I've featured. And if you're a wellness professional interested in being my podcast guest or being featured in an article on my platform or perhaps in a South African magazine, take a look at services on my website and send me an email. Now, back to my guest. Nettie, how has implementing some of these techniques helped you or a client?
1: So when you feel discombobulated, and I I went and found the dictionary explanation of this word because (laughs) I love this word and I feel that menopause is such a discombobulating time of our lives. So a discombobulation is a feeling that causes us to be in a state of confusion where we feel upset or disorientated. So when we slow down and take a few deep breaths, it helps us to find calm and it helps us to find capacity to deal with the triggers or the challenges. So these are the techniques that I use in my own life and that I use with my clients. Just a few questions that one can ask oneself to help us to get the answers that we need. So when we take a few deep breaths and we come into a, a place of calm, we can check in and say, okay, what's happening right now? Is this an internal upset or an external upset? How is it impacting me? And in this situation, what can I do to change? Or can I, you know, can the situation be changed? Often it can't be because if it's external, We actually have no control over what's happening. So then we go, like, what steps can I take to become more balanced so that I can deal with the upset in an honoring way? And all of these tools that I mentioned before are part of that process of saying, okay, so, you know, maybe if I just take some deep breaths and I extend my exhale and I drink a glass of water and bless it. Take a moment to step outside, or just you know, just to recalibrate and just connect, slow down, and and more mindful. I can see what I need to to deal with the situation from a place of of strength and of calmness. And then once your nervous system is regulated and you feel calm, then you can approach whatever needs to be approached in from a different way, from a way that that you are supporting yourself, honoring yourself, listening to yourself. And you don't get so overwhelmed and discombobulated. It helps to bring you into more balance.
0: Thank you. Okay. Which forms of support do you offer women in menopause?
1: So um, I'm going to share three, three uh, different offerings that I have. and The, the first is that I offer life grief and ageing support sessions. And this is where I meet my clients exactly where they are and we create opportunities to understand what's going on for them. And we work with the loss and the grief, the anxiety and the discombobulation with all the changes that are happening. And sometimes it's just to take some time to, to find how can I support myself when I'm going through these changes. It's not the medical part of it or, you know, the physical part of it is impacted by emotions. But when we feel, when we lose our sense of belonging or our footing and we're not sure how to to navigate, often just having a session and talking it through with someone helps you to find a way to just find balance and to find breathing space so that you know how to slow down, how to check in, you know, deal with maybe – a past story that's coming up that's caused you pain? How do you let it go? How do you find a way to go through a transformational process as you go through the transition? The other is a package that I put together around estranged love. And I think that a lot of times we all go through estranged relationships of different kinds, sometimes even with ourselves and These sessions help you to find peace and trust of your own inner rhythm so that you can show up in the relationship with more fullness of who you are. And then the third is a program that I created called Quest for Queendom. And this is a rite of passage journey to becoming an enchanted crow. Because as I said before, it's very important for us to choose to become a wise woman, to become that empowered, essential, authentic aspect of who we are. And when we make that choice, that's where we can show up in the the other part of our life, the post-menopause part of our life, useful and create a legacy and something that we are inspired by, that we can share with our descendants and those who are still yet to come. So this is a quest that we go and I use the medicine wheel as a map and we go around the different directions, working with those elements, finding the different aspects of ourselves where we may have silenced our voice or lost parts of ourselves in our lives, bringing those gems into our crown, um, looking at our inner child and inner critic, our relationship with power and freedom our creative essence and where we be work with that, that space in between. Because when we go through the menopause place and thereafter, we sometimes go through this limbo and Sharon Blakey calls it the medial woman. It's the woman who is no more reproductive, but starts to become productive in a different way. And that brings about uh, wisdom around our shadow parts of ourselves, the parts where we may have let ourselves down or where we've experienced loss and as, as I said, grief is always part of this journey learning how to grieve those losses and those parts with grace and then we come to this place of, of sitting on the earth in our right taking our rightful place on our throne and saying, here I am. I am a empowered, strong, wise woman. And this is how I'm choosing to walk my path and create my legacy for the rest of my life so that I can offer this beautiful wisdom and the teachings and the lessons that I've learned to inspire our children, grandchildren, and those who are still unborn
0: Nidhi, I'd just like to ask about your three offerings. The first one, which is yes. the, the support sessions. So that's with an individual, and I suppose it doesn't matter how many sessions that's going to entail.
1: No, it's very much based on what the need is. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes people just need one session, sometimes people need a few sessions. Also, depending on what comes up in the session, um, maybe things come up that that um, need a little bit deeper work, so it's very much the core of, of what I do with everything is about meeting you exactly where you're at it's a very person centered approach, and whatever the need is there the support and guidance is to meet you
0: there right and and the offering concerning estranged love is that also where you work with individuals.
1: Yes, it can can be individuals or if people want to work on their relationship together, Mm. then I can hold that space as well. So that's very much whether it could be individual or a couple or a family, depending on what the, the situation is. And it's all about honoring. It's all about finding and listening, listening to yourself and then listening to the other. Um, and as I said, very much around the inner rhythm, mm-hmm. how we interact with ourselves helps us to interact differently with others. And estrangement is, is something that I think most of us go through in different aspects mm-hmm. of our lives, mm-hmm. where we might have difficult relationships with people. And again, it's, it's really learning the tools to support yourself and create a strong inner structure so that you can, interact from a place of strength and of
0: wisdom. And then your quest for queendom, is that a group program or how does it work? Well, it's
1: it was a group program, but I'm offering it as a individual process because often women don't feel comfortable in groups. They feel that it's too much and they don't feel comfortable to share or, or it might go into a deeper deeper pain or trauma response. And so I believe that this is a journey that on a one-on-one basis can create a container of safety while one goes through this beautiful journey of growth and uh, development and finding your path, how you want to walk your path. Um, and I have a, a membership, which is a group group. Process, which i offer as sort of after the 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 program where we do teachings and learnings and different discussions around menopause and that is a group process and again there you can choose whether or not you want to be part of that membership
0: and this is all available on your website not so
1: it is available on my website, which is always under construction and changing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, everything is there.
0: <laughs> could you mention the link? And i also attach it to the podcast. But if you could just tell us what the link is, please.
1: With pleasure. So it's nitty-amanda.com. Um, and that's a hyphen dash. So what did someone say? Yes, a middle dash, okay. not a lower dash. So yeah. And... I also offer a sacred conversation, which is a free session for for 20 minutes to half an hour where I can speak to whoever needs to find out more about what it means to work with me. Mm -hmm. So there's that availability and that, that is also on my website.
0: And you're on social media. Would you like to tell us where to find you?
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm on Facebook and on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And all it's all Nidhi Amanda. That's the name. And I have a, a group on Facebook called Circle of Life. And yeah, I think there's a link to that on my website as well. But the main things is my main profile is Nidhi Amanda on Facebook, on Instagram and on
0: LinkedIn. Thank you, Niddy. Could you please tell us your three tips on finding molecules of joy in your day?
1: With pleasure. So I had a bit of fun with this. Mm. So the first tip is to sing, and I know some of us look when I say sing, it's like, oh, I can't sing. Well, you can sing alone. You know, you don't have to sing in front of everybody. But a lovely way to to experience joy is learn the words of a song that you love and sing it from your heart. Because it's, it just, it's such a wonderful thing to express yourself. And singing really lifts the heart and it, it connects you with the angelic world. So definitely singing is a wonderful way to find molecules of joy in your day. And the second one is to dance. And again, find music that you love. You know, maybe it's music from the 60s or 70s when you used to twist or, or the 80s when we did that boogieing and Saturday Night Fever dancing. Just find music that you love. Put it on and dance. Just dance freely. There's no restriction. Just allow your body to move to the rhythm of the music. And that definitely brings you joy. And then the third thing is after singing or after dancing, sit quietly and allow the rhythm to just flow through your body and feel the joy. Do nothing and just be.
0: Thank you, Nidhi. Talking about fun, can we go to your fun question?
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, I was thinking about Mother Nature because I know you dearly love her. If you could be any bird or other creature making music at night, which one would you like to be?
1: So where I live, there's a night jars and the, the sound is just so absolutely beautiful. And so um, the nightjar is what comes up, first of all. Yeah, it's got a particular sound that we hear at night.
0: I'm now wondering exactly what the nightjar is. I'll have to go look it up.
1: Okay, because I can't make this out.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Nidhi, and thank you for giving us your thoughts and feelings on menopause. And, of course, I knew that these ways of going from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system actually can help people at any age. But I think specifically in menopause, We need it very much. So thank you very much for your clarification.
1: It's an absolute pleasure and it's just such an honor and a privilege to talk to you. And I thank you so much for giving me some time to share with you and your audience. Thank you.
0: My pleasure, Nidhi. And to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. I'd be honored if you would subscribe to this podcast series and rate it where you download your podcasts. And if this episode spoke to you, please share it with someone you care about. Go to my website www.marietesneiman.co.za for this episode's podcast notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on how to live a happier life and have more fulfilling relationships. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me with original music by Mart Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at nine.